Welcome to the A Jesus Church podcast. We're a family seeking to become like Jesus, empowered by His presence to partner in God's creative work of restoring the world. We pray this episode encourages and equips you along the journey. I have the great privilege of introducing some of our oldest friends, not old friends, you're not old, but some of our oldest friends. Brian and I, literally, we were figuring it out, I think it was earlier this morning or yesterday, that we're like we've been doing ministry work alongside each other for over 25 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So you've heard us talk often, Brittany and I will talk about like the work and the time that we spent in Scotland. But even before Scotland, Brian and I were actually on staff as youth staff together at a church here in the city. Uh, and then God in his incredible sovereign- We were in the dorm. We were in the dorm. 1994, same dorm, same 29 do- years ago. That is just frightening. You've never so heard many- of Stephen Curtis Chapman, but that's what we called him because he looked what they called me. exactly like Stephen Curtis Chapman. They called me Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's yeah. true, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we had a lot of connections back there. And in fact, it's amazing how much, how much fruit has come out of even that season of ministry in that time. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it is an, inc- an incredible privilege uh, for me to introduce Brian because he is a dear friend. And a man that I respect so much and a guy who, if you guys get a chance to know, which I encourage you to, a guy whose like life reflects what's going on in the inside. The inside matches the outside. And uh, him and his wife, Kelly, have an incredible ministry uh, called Rehope. Uh, we had the joy of being a part of, I think he's going to say a little bit more about that potentially. Um, but we honestly counted a blessing and a privilege to call them a partner uh, as a part of the family of God together. And, uh, and just been a dr- this is a long time of coming. I've been waiting to have you come up here and preach for a very long time. So if it would be okay, I'd like to pray for you. I will take it. Yeah, okay, awesome. <laughs> Father, I just thank you so much for my friend Brian, and I thank you for Kelly, and Lord, I thank you for the way that you have been working in their lives. Uh, we thank you for Rehope. We thank you for that body, the bodies of bodies, Lord, over in Scotland and the work that you're doing in the city. Uh, but Lord, right now, I just pray your blessing and your favor over Brian. Uh, would you... Would you be speaking through him, speak in his heart, speak to us from him, the word that you have put in him for us. I know how central the scripture is to the Rehope story. I just thank you so much for that. And I pray that you would speak through him to us today uh, for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of your glory, Jesus, but also just bless him like crazy. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you for that intro. I don't know how to follow that. Uh, Wow, okay. Hey, I hear that some of your people are just freshly back from my church in Scotland. Uh, Thank you. Team Scotland, I hear it was amazing. I'm sorry uh, to not be there during that time, but thank you for for bringing it. I'm looking at you guys because you whooped the loudest. You were there. Okay, great, great, because then that would have been awkward. Uh, so, yes. Uh, for those of you who haven't been to visit Rehope Church in Scotland, please come. Maybe not the same Sunday, but like spread it out. Uh, very excited to meet you there. I'll, I'll just show you some pictures so you, you get a sense of, of what, what church you're, you're connected with in Scotland. Actually, whether you're I've only been here for a few months or, or whatever. Uh, our churches are very connected relationally and just ministry-wise. And, and it's, it's a real special union we have. But here's a few pictures of, of what you're going to see when you, when you show up. This is our West End location. Uh, we've had this since 2011. There's so many miracle stories behind being, receiving this, this, uh, this building. Uh, lots of young people. It's right in the University of Glasgow area. Again, life and and 
goodness. You would walk into this church and you're like, hey, it's just like, it's just like our church in Portland. It just feels great. It feels like one heart. Our, our Western location. Um, but then we have our Southside location, which we started in 2019. And it's, it's, in, it's about five times larger than, than our West End location. Uh, it's still growing and it's just in an exciting spot there. Um, then we have our, our Royston location, which is uh, in one of the most poorest areas in Europe. We have this shop front there. Um, the, the Sunday gathering, yeah, no, it's, it's got room to improve. It's maybe a, maybe a two out of 10 or three out of 10 or something like that. But the midweek ministry, it's incredible. You never know what's going to happen uh, in, in this area, but God's on the move. And it was amazing uh, baptizing people outside in the square. A lot of times we have to meet outside because we, we don't necessarily have a place to meet sometimes. And so rain or shine outside, Church Royston, love it, usually rain. Uh, <laughs> then our newest church, Paisley, uh, we, we've been, we got this uh, started about 10 months ago. Very exciting um, a new, new, part of, new part of the area. Yes, my wife painted that Hope stuff on the wall. Pretty much anything that looks nice at Rehope is from my wife, Kelly. Uh, she's taken these old church buildings and, and uh, just, yeah, made them special. So Jesus makes them special, but Kelly paints them up. Uh, so it's very, very exciting there. Anyways, thank you. Thank you for being a part of, of our church and, and uh, sending people over and, and the great uh, ministry that's been going on. You guys are making a difference. Really, really appreciate it. A couple months ago, Pastor Tim McDonald and I were on the phone and he asked me if I would teach on worship this morning, which I found at first to be incredibly ironic. Have you ever heard your pastor, Tim, sing? The man is amazing. He is an incredible uh, worship leader. We, uh, he mentioned it. We worked at the same church in the area. I was like the junior high worship pastor, which means you don't have to know how to sing. And then he was the senior high version. I mean, he had other roles as well, but he led the worship in the senior high. And as high as the heavens are above the earth, so much greater is Tim's worship leading ability, his voice. He's incredible. Uh, I, when it comes to worship, like at that church there, I was like the Robin, but he was the Batman <laughs> of worship, which as I think about that sounds awful. <laughs> Batman's probably the worst superhero worship leader, dark, broody, gravelly voice. I mean, his voice is nothing like that, but um, that, that's, that's like, I mean, Tim can harmonize with the angels. He's, he's incredible. So uh, I demand. I would say, put it on your comment forms. We want to hear Tim sing to rip it out. It's a, it's, it's a good thing. Yes, yes. You're welcome. You're welcome, friend. Sweet goodness is coming. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Batman himself, oh, uh, Tim, Tim himself was, was this amazing worship leader. And not only uh, when we were there in the early years of Scotland was he our team leader. Thank you. Thank you for helping us navigate that. He was also the very first worship leader of Rehope Church in Scotland. I know, I feel the same way. It, it's shocking. And, and, and so um, I have a picture. It's a bad picture. I'm just warning you right off the bat. I've got a bad picture of, of us uh, right about starting. But here, here's some pictures of, of the early. So that picture on the right is in December 2004. 
2004, it is, before, it is the, our practice before the first service. And, and I, I've got the guitar, Tim's there with the bass. He's facing away. I'm sorry, it's the best I could get. He, 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 he was gonna face away. He's probably telling us, guys, we can do better. Here's how, here's how we can fix this, this mess. Um, it's at this practice um, where we decided that I was not gonna be the worship leader and singing at the same time. My wife is probably like, I can imagine her saying, please don't make this the Brian show. Uh, sing, doing the worship and the teaching together, please. Uh, and so we decided after this practice that Tim was gonna be the worship leader for the first Sunday. The other picture, because he wasn't facing away, uh, Thanksgiving in Tim's flat in Scotland back in the day, I think this is 2006. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Uh, we wore orange, uh, yes, but it was, it was Thanksgiving. Um, I wanted you to also see that the man doesn't age. I mean, look at that. That's, that's 2006. And, and he looks the same. I look so much better now than, than that. But anyway, so Tim, Timmy becomes our first worship leader. Uh, Amazing. So at first I thought it was incredibly ironic with, with Tim and, and just the worship leader that he is, that 20 years later, he'd be like, okay, Brian, uh, come and maybe teach about worship. I thought that was pretty ironic until, until he said, okay, this is what I want you to talk about. And I'm like, oh, okay, that, that, makes, that makes more sense. He asked me to teach today. On, a, on the aspect of a theology of worship connected to the Shema, the Shema. Now, what is the Shema? It's like Bible nerds, what they call the, the greatest commandment. Uh, Bible, yay for Bible nerds. I love Bible nerds. But Bible nerds call the Shema, they refer to that as the greatest commandment. Why? Because in Hebrew, the first words of the greatest commandment is Shema. So, so we, tend to, we tend to call it that way. But anyways... The, the greatest commandment is a huge deal in our church in Scotland. We have, we have been anchored in this for years and years and years. In fact, every gathering, we have, we have five gatherings, four different locations, five gatherings. Every gathering, our church says together the most important command. And everybody, and we say, you know, let's do this with passion and, and gusto. I'm not going to try it here because I have no idea what would happen. But we all declare together the greatest commandment. We say it out loud. We really go for it. I mean, we really go for it. Speaking of really going for it, do you know Crooksy? Yeah. yeah. So if, if you don't know if you've met Crooksy or not, you've probably not met him because he's kind of one of those guys that if you've met him, you, you tend to know uh, that you've met him. He was our kids pastor in Scotland for some years. He was your kids pastor here for a few years. Now he's back in Scotland leading our Southside location. Uh, three weeks ago, I was just there at Southside getting ready to, to teach. I, I was going to be teaching on like how to break curses and set people free, which might sound a little bit weird, but um, it's weirdly important in Scotland and there's, there's a lot going on there. So I was kind of talking about that and I'm kind of thinking about the message I'm going to teach and I see Crooksy get up there on stage to lead the Shema and, and I'm like, oh, I got to get a picture of this. And so I ripped out my camera. I don't think he knows I took these pictures, by the way. These are unauthorized Crooksy preachers. But this is Crooksy, as you would imagine him, doing, like, <laughs> leading, leading the church. Like, like, he doesn't know I'm taking these pictures. He, this is just him going for it. And I mean, right? Like, that's, that's our Crooksy, the one that we, 
How can you not love this guy? Uh, he's just going for it. I love that. I had so many more pictures. I could, I could have just, I could have just like shown it like a flip book, you know, sort of a thing. Okay, so let's talk about the Shema. What is the number one greatest commandment in all of the, like the great, the, the, Jesus himself agrees. And he says, this is the number one most important, greatest, greatest of all the commands in scripture. And it's, I'm not talking about the second one, which is love your neighbor as yourself. What is the greatest command? And a lot of times I ask that question and people are like, oh, we know this one. It's love God. Love God. That's, that's the greatest command. Like, well, yeah, that, that's part of it, but you're missing something. You're missing something if you just jump to the love God bit. Before you get to the love God bit, and it's not something that Jesus himself skips. There's something before the love God bit. Jesus points to this in Deuteronomy chapter six. And here's the words of it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, if you have a Bible and you, you, you see down, you're going to have a surprising amount of footnotes in this point. Um, sometimes two footnotes, sometimes three footnotes. Uh, this is one of those very rare verses where there's a lot of alternative um, um, translation things there. Uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, or the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all your soul and with all your strength. And whenever there's a translation question, people in my church might come up to me and be like, okay, Brian, you were a translation guy. What is the, what is the best translation? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's good. It's good. Yes, that's a good, th those are good translations. Uh, all, all of them all. And they're, they're, they're very biblical too. The, the oneness, God being one is so central in the Bible, right? Like God is one, we have one, yes, it's so central. But so is the exclusivity of focusing on God alone. Like the Lord is our God, the Lord only, the, the Lord alone. That is such a huge deal. Yahweh is our God, Yahweh alone. This echoes the, the 10 commandments, right? In fact, the first of the 10 commandments, Moses goes up on the mountain and he receives, I don't know if you've thought about this before, but some of the only God himself words of the written words of the Bible take place up on Mount Sinai. Like there's these tablets of stone and then God with his own finger writes some words, like handwritten Bible here by God himself. The other one has to do with the fall of Babylon. Uh, but, th but this is like, so God is going to write on tablets of stone with his own finger, 10 and only 10 commandments. What does he write? Number one, no other gods besides me. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Like God writing this, no other gods besides me. 
Number two. Number two, no idols. You're not going to bow down to anything else. You're not going to serve any other thing. It's, it's just going to be me. Why? I am a jealous God. Last week, I'm a jealous God. I punish, punish you know, the third and fourth generations who do this sort of a thing. I'm a jealous God. Friends, Yahweh, God of the Bible, is our God. Yahweh alone, there is to be no other gods. We're not gonna bow down or worship. Or it's gonna be God exclusively. That is the most important command of God in all of the Bible, Jesus affirmed. Like this is the number one of number one. You've been talking about this for over a month, for over about a month now. I guess this is week four. Worship begins before worship begins on Sunday, before that first chord strike. Worship begins before worship begins, before the music starts. Worship begins here. Worship, worship begins here. It begins when we get the right things great, when we get the right things in our right life great. And the number one right thing of right things is God only. That's the number one of, of number one right things. One of my absolute favorite prayers is Jesus my allegiance is to you and you alone. I love praying that. Just reaffirming today, Jesus. Jesus, my allegiance is to you and you alone. What, what does this mean to me? What are the practical applications of this? What, is it, what does it mean? It means I will never climb Mount Everest. In order to climb Mount Everest, I'm not even going to attempt it. I'm not going to train for it. Whew. I don't want to. But also... I'm not going to train to climb Mount Everest because in order to climb Mount Everest, you've got to ring the bell to honor the God of the mountain before you climb. I am a thousand percent out. I am not going to touch that bell. I'm not going to acknowledge. I'm not going to show honor in any way to any other God. I don't care what experiences or opportunities I miss out on, on in life. The number one of number ones is the Lord is my God, the Lord only. I'm not ringing the bell. I'm out. I'm out. Nothing, not even a hint. I'm not even going to have a hint of anything else spiritual going on in my life. This is the greatest command. This is the greatest command. To be a worshiper of Jesus starts with ex enthusiastic exclusivity. Enthusiastic exclusivity. I mean, you can, you can go anywhere with that one. Like no, no worship, but no, no hints of anything else. I don't, I don't go into mosques. I'm not going to take off my shoes to show honor to anything. I'm not going to go into some temple in, in Thailand or whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't care. I don't see the inside of some temple. I can Google it if I need to. I, I don't need to go into it myself. And, and I'm not going to be a part of an, an aboriginal worship thing or a Native American worship thing or go to some, uh, observe some worship stuff going on in South America. Like I'm not touching that spiritual stuff. 
I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going there. Again, I don't care if I'm missing out on seeing some temple. I don't care if I'm, if I'm missing out on being a part of some cool worship experience. Count me a thousand percent out. My, my God is jealous. It's the most important command of, of commands to him. And, and I'm all about him. And just him. Him alone. Him alone. Uh, so I have these different locations, right? And uh, I went out to Royston a few weeks ago, which is the one, the, the, the one that's in the poor area. It's the shop front. And uh, going out there, I was teaching midweek and um, praying for some people. Now, I'm, I'm, this is people in my church, right? This is people in my church. Uh, and it's a great church. But there's people in my church. And, and I went out there and there's some Christ, there was a Christian woman there. She is the real deal Christian. Life transformed by Jesus. I, I, I saw her give her life to Jesus uh, over the years. I, see, I saw her be baptized in the middle of the square at Royston, very public. Royston, is so, it's so cool. There's, there's a square there, and you've got these high-rise towers that are owned by the government, and it's like asylum seekers. Not, they're not refugees, but they're kind of like that, or multi-generation poverty. It just like overshadows this square, so all these people can see what's going on in the square. And you've got these, these people getting baptized right in the middle. I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. So this, I've seen this woman be baptized, the life change. But there are people in my church who are blending, that's a bad word, who are blending their, their, their spiritual experiences. And, and she, her mom died. And very, very sad about it. And so about a week later, she's just in her grief. She went to a seance. Because her mom, her mom died. And, and so she could kind of reconnect there. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm sad that you're sad, but no, we, we don't do that kind of stuff. And others in our church, they might go get their readings done because that's kind of a done thing, apparently, and tarot cards or, or astrology or whatever. No, like, no, I, because we, we worship God, only God. And, and, and we're not touching this. We're not touching anything else that has a hint of spiritual. Worship begins here, and we must not skip this first thing. The Lord, Yahweh, is my God. Yahweh alone. It's the first. And it's the most, most important. I mean, young people in my church, they're getting sucked into some witchcraft stuff. I'm not, I'm not knocking TikTok, but TikTok has become a real um, education source for the next generation when it comes to, when it comes to, to witchcraft. And then they're experimenting with it. They're kind of dabbling in it. And then... Then there's the nightmares and you know, it just kind of, as they're kind of playing on the, on the edges of that, by the way, like witchcraft, we don't touch that stuff. We don't touch it. We stay away, we stay away from, from, from all of it all. If you find yourself having messed with some of these other worship experiences or, 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 or witchcraft or whatever, you know, you get rid of anything that you may have collected. You just get rid of it. You, 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 you go for prayer here on Sundays and, and you repent. You're like, hey, man, I, I've dabbled in some of this stuff. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm rededicating my life to Jesus and Jesus alone, Amen. only. And you just get rid of that. And it's, yeah. 
We're God's people. We're God's people, and the most, most, most important of all the commands in, in, in the Bible is that Yahweh is our God only, only. You want to talk about getting the right things right? You want to talk about worship? Our worship begins our, with over-the-top passion to have nothing to do with anything else, exclusively about Jesus, the God of the Bible only, no blending. So worship begins here. Obsession with God alone to the radical exclusion of any other spiritual anything. Now, if that sounds a little extreme to you and you're like, hey, great, who invited the kooky missionary? Dude, this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. All right. Especially if you want to be a worshiper. Somebody's growing in worship. God alone. Okay, so then that's, that's the first bit of the Shema. Then it continues to maybe the bit that we're most familiar with. God is one, God, God only. And then we get to the bit about loving God and loving God with all our hearts and our soul and our strength. And so then worship begins here with intentionally cultivating a growing love for God every day. Worship begins with cultivating a growing love for God every day. Now, how do you do that? How do you cultivate a growing love for God every day? Well, for the last 20 years in Scotland, this is what we've been focusing on. This is, this is what we've been trying to work with people to develop this, this uh, love for God every day. And we, we focus on two time-tested, time-proven things more than anything else when it comes to helping people cultivate a genuine growing love for God. The first thing I have is a, is a 20-year obsession. And I don't, I don't mind saying it. A 20-year obsession to get people to love reading the Bible again. The hardest people to get reading the Bible are Christians, especially those who have been around for a long time. I want to I get people to love, not just read it, but love reading it again. Worship begins here, falling back in love with God via cover-to-cover Bible reading again. Cover-to-cover Bible reading. I want people to rediscover the treasure that is the Bible. The life-giving, life-reviving, faith-resetting, peace-bringing treasure that is the Bible, that is anchored in cover-to-cover Bible reading. 20 years ago, I started rereading the Bible cover-to-cover. By the way... Free, free tip for you. Never stop restarting the right things. Never stop restarting the right things. Even though up to that moment in my life, every attempt at reading the Bible cover to cover failed. I mean, Genesis, woohoo, Exodus, woohoo, Leviticus. <laughs> Genesis. Exodus. You do this over and over again, you're like, I can't do it. I'll never be able to do it. Never stop restarting the right things. Extra free bonus there. I suppose I could have told myself 20 years ago, I've proven all of my life that I can't read the Bible cover to cover, that it's not going to really be able to be a part of my life. I can't do it. I've never been able to do it. Stop. Why bother trying again? That would be the enemy, not Jesus. Uh, but I could, have, I could have partnered with the enemy's lies there. That would have been a tragedy. I was just one restart away. 
I was just one restart away. You just don't know if your next restart is the one that sticks. But anyways, 20 years ago, that cover-to-cover restart reset my life. And, and it's continued ever since. And, and again, a key time for me, central, becomes central in our ministry in Scotland, at, at our church, uh, a big deal. And, and how, did, how did I start this? Well, after years of failure, I, I went to a buddy. I went to a buddy who I looked around. And I'm like, okay, he's a Christian. And he's the least likely Christian that I know of that probably reads the Bible. So I, I don't know. I just thought I would start there. And, and I went up to him and said, hey, do you want to read through the Bible with me cover to cover? Here's what we'll do. I'll, we'll read Genesis this week, and then we'll meet for coffee, and we'll say three things we loved about it, and then we'll pray for each other and go. And then the next week, we'll do Exodus, and then we'll go through Leviticus, and we'll make it this time, and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep going from there. That one buddy became two buddies, which became four buddies, which became four groups of buddies, which became... Lots of different groups of buddies meeting online and in places over, over the years sort of thing. But Tim McDonald was in my very first buddy group, <laughs> my very first Bible read-through group in 2003. And, and, and just, just, I remember, yeah, I remember, I, he's not the guy I asked because he actually read his Bible back then. Uh, so he was the second buddy to join the group. He's not the one that I, that I asked. I'm not going to name the guy that I, just in case. Okay, anyways, so... Uh, but what? But it's such a significant part of my life. But I just needed one little trick. I didn't need guilt in my life when it came to Bible reading. You want more guilt in your life? I don't. I'd failed so many times, I didn't want more guilt. I just needed a light accountability, not somebody that's gonna hit me over the head if I don't do it, but I just knew that I was gonna meet him for coffee. So that was just a, that was just the little change that I needed to go from a lifetime of not being able to continue doing it to being able to generally continue to do it over the next 20 years and, and counting. Yeah. Again, I, I do want to highlight that we, we don't ask ourselves, what did we learn or what did we not know before? We ask ourselves, what did we love? Because I know that if I can get people to realize that the Bible is a treasure, that they love it, that they're more likely to keep reading. And if they keep reading, they will be learning. But I want people to love the word of God. I want them to, to just delight in it and, and go from there because I believe that the more that we are immersed in the word of God, the more that we are they're reading it cover to cover, the more we're immersed in the true and the incredible story of God and what God is actually like, the more wow goes up, the more wonder goes up, and the more worship flows out. Uh, great worship begins before, before worship begins. It begins with a heart and a mind wowed by the God that we keep reading about in the pages of the Bible. Amen. Wow. That's, that's one of, a big passion of mine. Passion number two, when it comes to spending time with Jesus and in prayer here, worship begins falling back in love with God via prayer-filled Jesus times again. In August 2012, I had a life-changing prayer time with Jesus in Athens. And it was one of those moments where Jesus asked me to do something in prayer that just made me feel sick. It just, my stomach dropped out. I was like, oh, oh no. He asked me to give him one hour of prayer every morning from 9 a.m until 10 a.m. 
And that was just going to be for prayer in Jesus time. And I just felt this instant dread because I have never been able to be up to that point consistent in Jesus time. Like I, I had a hard time giving him 10 minutes uh, at any consistency, which means I didn't give him 10 minutes consistently. And I had been in full-time ministry for 15 years up to that point, right? It's so hard to, to maintain that, that consistency for, for me in that time. And so Jesus is asking me, not just for 10 minutes consistently, but for one hour, but at one hour during my work hours, I worked from nine to 10. If I'm gonna do what Jesus is asking me to do, which is a good plan, by the way, but if I'm gonna do what Jesus is asking me to do, that means I'm gonna have to change my life schedule, my work schedule, the media. I meet with people during that time. I'm gonna have to change their schedules. I'm gonna have to make radical changes in my life in order to make this specific Jesus time work. And plus, I felt the dread of, I've never been successful at this before. I've never been able to keep going. So I'm freaking out. And I'm looking at Jesus thinking, I can't do this. I, I can't, I, I've been struggling to give you 10 minutes, let alone an hour. Pro tip, by the way, pro tip, prayer pro tip. Don't pray until you're done. Don't pray until you feel done praying. I encourage you to set a time and learn how to fill it. If you pray until you're done, that might not take very long. Minute, three minutes, depending, five. Some of you can go on for a long time, but, but most, most of us, not so much. But if you're like, okay, I'm gonna pray for 20 minutes. What would I do for 20 minutes? Well, that's where you, that's where you grow and you learn how to fill that time. It's oh, just extra bonus point for the day. Anyways, set the time, learn how to fill it. So anyways, what, do you, what would you do? Jesus says an hour, you're feeling doomed to fail. Well, with low faith, with low faith, I was like, okay, Jesus, because you're asking me to do this, I'm going to give this a go again. Changed my life. Changed my life. And, and although all of the attempts in my life previous to this moment had failed before, uh, with all those, you know, even in ministry for 15 years, that restart continued. It's continued ever since. And I, I hope you're hearing this. I hope you're like, great worship Great worship doesn't begin when the first chord is played. It, 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 it begins with a great connection. Great worship begins with a great connection to Jesus every day. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. The greater your everyday obsession, the greater your worship. It's important to me that you worship great, that, that your worship gets better and better and better. It's, wor it's important to me. Why, why is it important to me? Because I know the God you're worshiping and he's great. And, and he's worthy of, 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 our, of our greatest worship, not just in Scotland, not just in Portland, but every, he's worthy of this room packed with people just wowed by God. Just that, that are just overflowing with gratitude and love and, and, and wonder of God. He's, he's worthy of, of, of this. And, and he's going to get there someday where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Only and, and that, that day is coming. But in the meantime, what a joy to be in, in see people growing in worship all around the world because our God is amazing and worthy of that kind of worship. 
How do we start worshiping or moving in that direction? Well, worship begins here. And it begins with getting the, the greatest, the most important things right, including the Shema, including hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Let's get the most important things right and see what it does for our worship. Let's, let's be obsessive about being all about God and God alone, no hint of anything else. But let's, let's grow our love for God by diving back into cover-to-cover to cover Bible reading and, and prayer-filled Jesus times. There's nothing new here. This is the ancient way. This is the time-tested, time-proven way. And I don't, I don't care if you're, you're hearing this and you're like, I don't think you, I can do it. You're, like, you're not convinced you're gonna be able to keep going. Never stop restarting the right things. Never stop restarting the right things. Do you believe what you believe about Jesus is really real? This isn't a game. Do, do, do you believe this, this God stuff is real? This Jesus stuff is real? This worship stuff is, is, is real? I'm gonna say it this clearly. God is real. This Jesus stuff is real. It's right. It's, and the Lord's our God, the Lord alone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us. Why don't you stand with me? And I'm gonna start by just praying a, a simple rededication prayer. I pray this all the time. It goes like basically, you can just pray this in your own heart, but I'm gonna be praying, you know, Lord, Lord, you are my God only. All right? In fact, I'll just give you a moment and you can just have that, that moment with Jesus where you're like, Jesus, you are my God, only you. And maybe you need to say, hey, I confess having dabbled or mixed or blended some other spiritual things. Maybe you're like, I commit right now to get those things out of my life. And I just rededicate myself to you and you only. I'm gonna go ahead and start there for a second. Jesus as your family. We together rededicate ourselves again that you, our, our God, only. I bless right now in the name of Jesus every restart of the right things. Everyone who sets out today to open the Bible, and to start again, who makes that plan in their hearts right now to, to give it another go, 
I bless those restarts, all of them in the name of Jesus, that they would be life-changing and life-lasting. I bless the restarts when it comes to trying again on the Jesus times, to setting aside time. I bless those restarts in the name of Jesus. God, you are worthy of our greatest worship. You are worthy of our lives dedicated to you. And I look forward to that great future day when Jesus of Nazareth returns and he takes his great power and he begins to reign. I look forward to gathering in that great worship assembly at the end of the ages where everyone who's given their lives to Jesus gets to declare with one great shout, worthy is Jesus Christ, the lamb who was slain because by his blood he purchased us from every tongue and tribe and people and nation. But in the meantime, let your grace, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all God's people. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to partner with us through giving, visit us at ajesuschurch.org.